Messy Situations, it's a production of Lola Media. Say hi, Lola. <laughs> so that's when I might have stolen my agent's Facebook <laughs> password and started talking to her using a fake identity. Oh I lent her a chair and then I made my agent go deliver it to her. Long story short, guys, I ended up seeing her one day outside her apartment that I would drive by every day. And she was walking her dog and I literally pulled my car over in the middle of the street, did a fucking full U-turn. And I got out of the car, tears, tears streaming down my face. And I'm like, I'm Jenny, as if she'd be revealing myself. As if she'd be so happy to finally meet me. Like, as if she'd been waiting for that moment. Welcome back to Messy Situations. I'm your host, Kane Sarham. And I'm your co-host, Michelle Promaleco. And it is a messy, muggy, motherfucking Thursday in Miami, Florida. When I tell you that it is so fucking hot. So, you know, I split my time. I go back and forth. I love Miami. It is my home. It's actually where my heart is. I would live here full time if I could. But August and September in Miami is the definition of like walking through a sweaty armpit for two months. It is <laughs> disgusting. And when you walk outside, you're assaulted. Like you're actually assaulted by the heat and the moisture in the air. And you're reminded that you're in a fucking swamp. Okay, but you know what? You don't get to complain. You get to I know. split your time. You're in like, December, up, when I'm freezing my ass off or February and you're laying out with your 12 pack... I get to complain, <laughs> well, but listen, you don't. No, because mi casa su casa, so you can split your time Aww, whenever you thanks, want to. thanks, babe. I appreciate that. We need to loop in our guest. We have Jenny Mollen Biggs with us today. Hi, Hello. Jenny. Hi, guys. Hi. So Jenny is amazing in so many ways. She's a best-selling author. She's an entertainer. She's a podcaster. She's a mom. She's a wife. She's a well super fan, which we love. Oh, we love that. <laughs> I am. I'm a well super fan. <laughs> um, and we're going to get to her books later because they're hilarious. But right now, Jenny, we're going to get to you. But right now, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into everything with Jenny. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back with Jenny Mullen Biggs. Do you use Biggs? I or... don't really use Biggs. Okay, that's so... okay. You can use it. Okay. I mean, well, she's married to Jason Biggs. <laughs> I do have awesome. a husband. They're no. not in an open marriage. Can we, I've can hired we... prostitutes before. I mean, so I guess it's not like we've never like been naked with other people, but <laughs> I'm actually really into the prostitute thing. I mean, like, but it's my so thing with like, like, with, like what you're up to, Kane, is like. I don't know that it would be fun for me if the other person didn't catch feels. Like you're saying you cut it off before that happens. I would need each person that I reached out to on Tinder or wherever, Grindr, wherever I found them to fall madly in love with me. And then I would be able to cut it off. But first I would need them. To, I'd have to toe the line and make them think that they had a, a fighting shot. Like, I don't know if, if I didn't have the emotional component. I don't know if I would be motivated. It's almost like... 
maybe I'm just at that point in my life where like sex is like getting on the treadmill. It's like I'm proud of myself after I did it. <laughs> but like to motivate, I would need to know that they like run the risk of falling in love with me. I love that. Could that just be I the actress that. in you? That is the actress in me for sure. I think sure. it's the actress maybe, for but sure. that is so funny. Well, <laughs> I need to win the role of their wife. <laughs> <laughs> you need to know it's an option. You yeah. need to know they're fully obsessed. Yes, exactly. And that you can shatter them at any second. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> that yes. makes sense. Is that the is that your same approach to motherhood? Yeah. Well, of course, yes. I need my children to love me more than Jason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Of course, right? Is he as competitive as you are? <laughs> he thinks that I'm more competitive than he is because you know, it's like we, we it down to like the stupidest things. We were recently in Germany. We go to Germany a lot and there's this lake and it's I don't know how far across the lake it is, but every time we're there, we do like one swim across and back. And guys, come hell or high water, I will always win I the race. It. Even if I have to drown, even if like the Loch Ness Monster <laughs> comes out and like eats one of my legs off, there's no fucking way I'm going to let Jason win. Even we were at the well, we were doing the, the cold plunge here. Oh yeah, I saw he that He went in first and the minute he went in, he's like, so are you going to like fully submerge? And he, then he stopped himself. He's like, never mind. Of course you are because I just did it. Danny and I are the same way. We are so competitive. Like, I don't care about winning anything unless it's against Danny, and then I must win or I want right? to, like, die. Yeah, 100%. Yes, I would rather literally catch fire. <laughs> and so on that topic of, of winning in parenthood, you know, I am obsessed with one of your latest books titles, which is Dictator Lunches. Um, <laughs> best and, title and ever. Which is best title ever. And, and I think, you know, we talk a lot about parenthood and the pros and cons in parenthood on this and the like cult of parenthood of people only presenting the, the beautiful side of it. And I think right. the title of that book is just such a fucking like clear picture of like the art and beauty of like raising and feeding a child and also the fact that it could be fucking hell. Yes. Ex oh, thank you. That means so much to me. Because it's a cookbook, right? It's about like yes. making food for kids that they'll actually eat because yes. they're demanding enough or they're in control enough to be the dictators of your life. Oh, yes. Like, I you, live it's in an their, authoritarian regime. Yeah. Right like it's like their world. You're just living in it. Exactly. Oh, Sid tells us. He's like, I'm the main character of this family. <laughs> what? That's this saying fucking he explicitly says is the that? main character? That's what my son tells us. Jason and I. I'm the main character. <laughs> to be fair, He's the son of two actors. Oh, guys, he's so out of control. I can't even imagine. No, he's so out of control. It's terrible. It's terrible. And Jason's like, you've given them egos. They think that they're like both like Brad Pitt. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so literally, I'll be like, oh, God, like, you know, he had a tooth fall out. And I was like, let me see. Let me see what it looks like. He goes and looks in the mirror. He's like, I still look great. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so awesome. It's out of control. I love that. It's true. Oh, that's that's amazing. amazing. But when you say authoritarian regime, like, outside of lunches, I need examples. Like, I want messy stories. Like, what are we about talking bedtimes about Bedtime. Bedtime, like, they have me whipped. You guys, I still sleep in their room with them. I mean, it's it. pathetic. Jason and I both, because, well, I don't know. I think how you parent is always such a reaction to your own childhood. So, Absolutely. for me, I guess maybe I'm just trying to have my own corrective experience, but I was always afraid at night. My parents were, you know, divorced when I was two. My mom and dad both were like, constantly dating. Nobody was around. I mean, I always say to my sister I'm like how are we alive yeah so so I was always freaked the fuck out at night I thought I was going to be kidnapped I thought I had like an, just some sort of crazy fear that I was going to be abducted by aliens which my therapist is telling me is very narcissistic she's like why would they come for you 
Why are they <laughs> Why coming they for, you? for you? <laughs> I don't like I don't know. But they're coming. Thanks. You know, yeah, I'm also that way in Ubers, you guys. I'm always ready to jump out of a moving vehicle. <laughs> Going You're always ready to barrel roll. Always, always. Always ready to barrel roll out the door. <laughs> I'm always ready. That's why I hate taking an Uber in LA. Like in New York, I know I could survive if I jumped. In LA, like onto the 405, I'm not so sure. But yeah, so I was always freaked out as a kid. So my son, of course, just works me. And he's just like, Mom, I'm I'm scared. I want to talk about my feelings. And then he just reels me in. So then I end up staying in there the whole damn night. So like I am like winning with the food. People are like, your mom shaming me with these lunches. And I think, do you know what a mess I am in every other aspect of parenthood? Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. I can well, the lunches are lunch like box. a creative outlet for you as much as they are for them, right? Like it's like, it, I totally. feel like I could have so much fun making those lunches. Lunches. They're like, right? It's like art class. <laughs> exactly. Well, I see you prepping food on Instagram and you yes. make it look fun. And I'm just obsessed with food. So I'm already like always snacking and always eating and fucking around in the kitchen. And I don't know how to turn my TV on. So like that's off the table for me. <laughs> I can't like binge watch things. And I just I would get bored at night and want to entertain myself. So I'm a storyteller. So I want to tell a story. And that's kind of how they came to be. I would just that's start to kind of like build the story. But I'm sure you were hearing the same thing from your friends it's like the whole like trying to feed kids something that they'll eat or like or appreciate is kind of a universal from what I can glean yes. problem for moms so yes, I'm sure I know you just joked that your mom shamed but and I'm sure you're an amazing cook but I'm sure I'm your mom friends love the book well I'm definitely like uh, not an amazing cook that like I have to, I'm gonna be putting that out there a lot in the next two weeks when this book comes out because I think people assume to offer recipes that I must be some sort of you're like chef. no I made it as simple as possible I'm like guys this is not rocket science I've been like dyslexic anorexic and a theater major I'm left-handed <laughs> I fucking don't <laughs> know what I'm doing does left-handed just... mean you don't have good chopping skills like no I have terrible chopping skills I can barely use scissors I just like <laughs> Have the desire to want to like feed your kids, feed my kids good shit. I, <laughs> That's a yeah. good mom desire to I have. I think I get so annoyed because it's such an American idea that kids can only eat off the children's menu. That they need to just have nuggets and fries while you're enjoying a salad and a piece of fish. And so that bums me out. And I just see, you know, how much, especially in New York City, even these people who have all of the information in front of them, all of the privilege one could possibly want, and they're still so in the dark about nutritious kids and food. Nutrition. Absolutely. It's like you invest so much money into your kid's chess class, your kid's coding class, your kid learning MMA, but you feed them like shit. I mean, why does it Preach. matter where they go to college if they're going to have... because this is so true. You know, don't want to throw my hardworking sister under the bus, but the sugar in the their house out of is so out of control. And I wrote a book about eliminating yes. added sugar, so I take oh, personal my offense. God. Because yes. I'm like, they don't have to eat like this. No. And I think she's like the train has just like left the station and she so can't. It's societal. I mean, she can't we deal. Talk about this at the well all the time. And Dr. Lippman, like it's societal. Our food system is literally designed to fucking kill us. You know what I mean? It's so much bigger yeah. than any mom or any person. Right. It's like the way we treat food in this country is insane. But to Jenny's point, they're like sh probably shouldn't even be a kid section. Like why can't they just why eat, can't like, they a eat half what we're portion eating? or yeah. eat what you're eating? 
Like, why are we throwing nuggets at them like they're like dogs on the ground? <laughs> We're like, here, you guys have this shit. And like giving them such a limited palate is doing no. a disservice to them because 100%. food is such a pleasure. Yes. And it's like the wider your palate is, the more enjoyable it is. And like if you want to travel and experience other cuisines. Yes. I have a good friend who's a nutritionist. And I remember when her kids were little, her son asking for blueberries. Yeah. And I was so shocked because I had never heard a young kid ask for that. But she had introduced him yes. to healthy food. So it is possible. So have you accomplished that? I think so. I mean, we were just in Thailand and my kids were eating all sorts of crazy shit. So yeah, I think, I mean, the only problem is now, like Sid's like, can I have more truffles? Shaved truffles on my (laughs) French fries? I'm like, shut the fuck up. You're so spoiled. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, now it's kind of, it it can backfire if you expose them to too many great things. (laughs) I love it though. That's amazing. So you're out there promoting dictator lunches. Yeah, so it all starts, um, I start next week. Amazing. Congratulations on that. That, but you're already a best-selling author yes of city been, of likes yes yes so city of likes was jenny's book before dictator lunches yes. which was fiction fiction which mm-hmm. is a huge feat that's oh my god that thing hard. was a beast that took me four years <laughs> and i mean that's not even that long to be honest i know yeah. professional writers who have five years between books um or professional fiction writers so city of likes was sort of a, about getting pulled into the social media madness mm-hmm. of not being present in your own life because you're constantly looking for that validation yes. on social yes so was that something that you got sucked into yourself or you witnessed or had it? So, what inspired that? Well, I would say that, you know, I moved to New York in 2014. And at the time I was I had sort of a substantial following on Twitter. I had written one book. I was in the middle of writing a second book. And I came to this city with my husband, my baby, and probably a demographic of women between the ages of 18 to 35 who would take all of my suggestions. Let's put it that way. And New York is not like LA where you're only as big as the last pilot you shot. New York is a city where it's like these aren't women who ladies who lunch that was their mother's generation. These are ladies who launch right. So they all have brands. They all have things that they want to sell and they kind of welcomed me in to these like inner sanctums in these cabals of like high powered women. Not because I had money but because I had something they wanted more than that. I had an audience Mm -hmm. of women that they wanted to reach. So all of a sudden I was exposed to just crazy shit and companies started approaching me brands started approaching me I started you know making a lot of money on Instagram by sheer dint of having a child I was elevated to almost being this moral authority on motherhood yeah so so like the boxes were like barricading the door to my apartment the shit never (laughs) stops the free shit never stops coming but what I started to notice well I started to just like not sleep at night because it was so stressful and mostly because I had this question that was rattling around in my brain and that was if I am so busy almost performing motherhood online Mm. how present can I actually be in my real life for my real kids Uh, and that was when I said to Jason I think I know the next book I'm writing this is a book that I had to write because I didn't write it I thought I would become it and I knew it had to be fiction because if this book weren't fiction it's so I mean it's so much more honest than my other two memoirs (laughs) it's truly like my darkest truths I would probably be run out of town because I really take these people to task I'm so proud of it but it was a hard book to write but it is such a good point about how that can be so all-encompassing and when people really let themselves be swept up by it it is an addiction right and we like 
social scientists now know that. It's yes. like the rat going for the treat. Like yeah. you just, or the mouse or whatever. Pre-pandemic, my phone was like the cigarette that I hid from my kids. They didn't know that I was so obsessed. It was like the drugs that I would excuse myself to the bathroom at dinner to like go like snort up, to go scroll and to get that high. I mean, it was really mm. intense for me. It is the dopamine hit. It, it absolutely hit. is. But you somehow like had the self-awareness to see that this was happening and then channel it into a book, which is brilliant. But you were able to kind of be like, nope, not going to do that. Yes, because I think, you know, I have major mommy issues. And it's like, while I'm trying to be the mom that I always wanted, there is a part of me that is always still looking for the mom I always wanted. So it's like, I fall for these narcissistic women that then like, I get really wrapped up in like mommy figures. And I felt like Instagram almost became for me the ultimate narcissist mommy. That it's like, if I fed it, it fed me. And so that was really where I saw like, I'm having a major issue here. Because like, as yep. long as you feed it, it shines the light back on you. And yep. I had to break that cycle because for me, the end of the day, it's like my kids have to be more important than all of that shit. Absolutely. So. But it is such a double-edged sword for people who are trying to build brands, right? It's like this necessary evil. Oh, yeah. That's how I justified it. Right. I was like, I'm building a brand. I'm making money. I'm furthering my career. It's, it gave me, I mean, Twitter. But at what cost, gave me, right? I mean, it launched my career as a writer. It gave me agency over my life, like financial independence, everything. It is a double-edged sword. Well, and I think you always hear people talk about the foundation of these platforms is obviously so great. And then because they are addictive, it's just like one glass of wine is good for your health. Ten glasses of wine a day aren't, right? Like it's all about yeah. moderation. And I think my problem in everything is moderation, right? From like yeah, oh my God. Yeah. to anything. Surra- you know I'm what I mean? I'm like, I'm, and I feel like Jenny <laughs> the same way. It's either I'm either all in or I'm not in, right? Yeah. Like if I'm doing it, I'm fucking doing it. And then it doesn't stop. But Completely. how did you, I think cause it's interesting because I think, you know, before city of likes which by the way is my you have great fucking book titles um which is live fast and die hot which is literally i may get tattooed on my body because that is your memoir oh my no, god it, 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 mine's actually my memoir has a title it's messy situations um yeah. uh, but that's, that's but is really about that transition from a very fast fun free lifestyle into motherhood and yes. then you come into motherhood and it's like okay I need to grow up you then are falsely wrapped up into this like I would say like almost swept up into not growing up the way you want to but growing up the way you think you should or the way that like you get sucked into this like false lifestyle and then and then that's sort of where your your next phase came from when you think about like the mom you are today and like the sort of journey you've had with your kids what does your next phase look like like where are you going now with motherhood with motherhood, I think I'm always going to be a little bit of like a super dark I love Lucy. Like I'm just, mm. you know, going to be the mom that's like probably wearing a costume trying to like blend into the background while my kids are on a date. I mean, I just want to be involved. <laughs> I I, I want to know what's going on at the third grade, you know, who they hate, who do they like. I definitely it. think that I'm going to be an embarrassment to my children, but I'm just giving them good material because I definitely think they have a couple books in them. So yeah. I want to make sure 
that I'm fun enough that like they'll still invite me to dinner parties when I'm in my 80s. I have a feeling they will, but there's going to be that teenage moment because yeah. I'm hearing this from friends and yeah. I definitely experienced it as a teen where no matter how cool you are yeah. and you're a cool mom, no, they want nothing, want to, do nothing to do with you. You can't do anything right. They criticize everything you say, do, Oh my wear. God, it's happening. It's oh, no. already. Like I'm in it, but that's, <laughs> that's what's little, so funny. premature. <laughs> no, literally like Sid gave me so much shit when he was mad at me. So my book did well, but there's a USA Today list and it shows you every book that's selling in the country, right? So it's now not like just the fiction releases of of recent times or whatever. It's every book. And Sid was pissed at me. Uh, I don't know what I was telling him he couldn't do. And he's like, <laughs> your book. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad your book didn't, you know, reach number one. And, you know, he's like, it's kind of embarrassing. Your book sold less than the very hungry caterpillar. <laughs> The Very Hungry Caterpillar sold more books than you. And Jason, like, goes to intervene. Jason's like, Sid, The Very Hungry Caterpillar is, like, a very big, like, it's, a, you know, that's a very popular a book. Long, long and time. I'm just, like, laughing to myself. I'm like, I love, like, how fucking below the belt this kid. Like, are you kidding me? Audacity. But I love, he's like, I know I can hurt you, bitch. I know I'm going to get you. And I'm working with Diablo Cody because I'm writing the series for the show. Like, I sold it to Sony and I'm writing the series. Amazing. And so Diablo, we were talking and she's like, you know, she, I mean, Diablo, she's won Oscars. She's won Tonys. And and her, her son, she said she volunteered to come speak to his theater class at school. She's like, I could come in and talk. And he literally looks at her. He goes, literally no. nobody cares about you. <laughs> I was dead. I'm like, see, it doesn't even matter if I had an Oscar. I'd still be like, not cool to my kid. Kids really keep it's you in amazing. check. It's amazing. But I like, love yeah, it. This is why I fucking do it. I go to jail. This is the thing. Is like, this is where like, and you know, I just, I would literally go to prison because that little fucker would look at me and be like, no one cares. And I would shake it. Or I would like, right? I don't know. I get shake so it. nervous. I throw it. <laughs> well, how does a six-year-old, or how old is Sid? Sorry, is he five, He's eight. six? Oh, eight. How does an eight-year-old, like, how do they learn like your vulnerabilities at that young? Like, like, like I have that real question. Oh, Oh my like, God, they play you like you're like a strawberry. They just know. They just know you. I mean, they're literally part of you. So I feel like they just yeah. know exactly what, but like you're just like, they're literally just like typing in their like code on a, the one of the lockers <laughs> at the well. They're like, baby, beep, 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 beep. Okay, she's open. <laughs> Cracked it. Cracked it. <laughs> I mean, what oh. I'm getting from this is that your kids are also like endless, like fountains of inspiration for your work. Because oh can you yes. imagine? I mean, it's just like, I can't even believe these stories. No, they're so good. And that's like the sort of the, the bummer because all I want to do is write them. But I'm trying not to exploit them for comedy. But I really want to. You're like, but I had you for a reason. I need to exploit you a little bit. I need to. Yeah. I, need I mean, to while they're there well, because right? they'll be gone at a certain point. Oh and then my God, exactly. You won't have them to rely on exactly for material oh i know that i'm just going to be like chasing down jason's ex again like anything left here <laughs> let's hear about to mine. that any again, material on, here left up, to mine. Up, wait up, again can we, can we hear about time. that Tell me, tell me. Oh, well, you guys, my first book is all about my obsession with Jason's ex and how, like, I befriended her using a fake identity. I mean, oh, my God. There's wait. a lot about me that you guys don't know that would alarm you. I need to hear <laughs> about this. But first, we have to take a break. We keep forgetting because this is like, I could listen to Jenny all day. Oh, um, are you so let's me? take this a break. This is my soulmate. And, I need to get a divorce. She's this me. Is, this is your, your soulmate. And when we come back, we're going to hear about that and maybe start some rumors about your marriage. We'll, we'll see what we get up. <laughs> Too. We'll be right back. 
Okay, we are back with Jenny Mullen, not Biggs. Um, <laughs> and we're about to hear a really She's about to be Jenny Mullen Sarhan, if I can propose via Listen, she already Look, said she's not marriage. interested unless the person's obsessed and falls in love. And look, she turned you straight in the course of like 30 minutes. That's how good this woman is. I'm in. Oh my God. Okay, Jenny, tell us this story that you so, were Oh, so to. I was saying that my first book was all about my obsession with Jason's ex. She was my muse. And here's why. I'll explain why. Because I married a guy that was famous, right? And so that was already very annoying. I hated that he was famous because he got so much more attention than me. And I felt... I felt a little like just as an overachiever in life, I just felt a little eclipsed and like I hadn't done enough with my life because everywhere we was went. Was he famous when you met? Just out of yes. curiosity. Like, was he already he famous? He had already when you done met? American okay, Pie. He had so already he done like, American Pie. And my dad would introduce us to people as me and my daughter Jenny, and this is the actor Jason Biggs, which drove me fucking crazy. Oh, that would drive like, me crazy. Because like all I want is for my dad to like, Thanks, you know, dad. know that I'm the best. And so the competition with Jason started, and Jason always says to me, he's like, what did I ever do to you? Except support you. <laughs> Except love you. Love you and support you and all you've ever been trying to do is like get more like twitter followers than me it's like fucking weird <laughs> but literally i was annoyed and i was also 28 i felt like i was cute and i'd walk into a room and nobody would look at me they just wanted <laughs> they'd want me to take their cell phone photo with jason biggs it was oh fear it was infuriating so the one person who was obsessed with me at this time was his ex-girlfriend because he broke up with her. He met me six months later and she was devastated. And so she started commenting on my IMDb page. She started following me secretly online. She made a web series about him breaking up with her. And I was like, this is amazing. I finally have a fan. I have my one fucking fan and she loves me. She's hanging on my every word. So I started curating my online She's single profile. She's femaleing me, yeah. but it's okay. I loved it. I was yeah, like, you, give me you more. You curated your online profile for her. For she her. was I picked person. out songs I thought she would like. I took pictures of myself and outfits I thought she would approve of. I would pick out quotes that like made me seem deeper. And <laughs> after we got married, we got married after nine months. She, of course, started to lose interest and move on with her life like a normal human being. And that's when I turned to Jason. I was like, quick, do something cute. We need to get her back. I need her. I need her back. I need my fan back. This is not good. So that's when I might have stolen my agent's Facebook password and started talking to her using a fake identity. Oh I lent her a chair and then I made my agent go deliver it to her. Long story short, guys, I ended up seeing her one day outside her apartment that I would drive by every day. And she was walking her dog and I literally pulled my car over in the middle of the street, did a fucking full U-turn. And I got out of the car, tears, tears streaming down my face. And I'm like, I'm Jenny. As if she'd be revealing myself. As if she'd be so happy to finally meet me. Like, as if she'd been waiting for that moment. And she starts to slowly back away, like, scared, like, reaching for mace in her pocket. And I'm just, like, coming towards her with open arms. And I basically convince her to have coffee with me. We start a texting relationship. And I knew, like, she she was definitely getting advice from people to, like, not engage with me. So what did I do? I upped the ante. I started finding things of hers around the house and re-gifting them back to her. Like a Balenciaga clutch, a, a fancy watch, different things. I kept her caftan because I liked taking it on vacation and wearing it everywhere Jason and I would go. I ended up donating that to the Museum of Broken Relationships. Oh, my but God. 
it's on display there now. But guys, so that's how I won her back. I, I would give her little gifts of hers, things of hers that she's like, why did I fucking give that douchebag back his Balenciaga clutch? Now I want it, right? After I wore it on a red carpet, of course. Let's be clear. <laughs> like, I don't need so this So you anymore. were tied forever by this Balenciaga clutch. You had a connection yes, exactly. the altar all time. So we started hiking Runyon Canyon together. Oh we like had a full-blown relationship until I started was writing Jason about her for Playboy. Like, what the fuck? Well, it was all revealed in time. Like, it's it's been a gradual, just like, he's learned more and more. Like, for instance, I tried to set her up with my acting coach, and then I went on the date with them. He's like, it's too late <laughs> guys, for an annulment, so no, I guess I'm just going to have to that. keep going. But to be honest, I really, really, for the record, and like, I did vow to her that I would never write about her again, which I'm really trying. Like, I'm, I've written her, like, true, like, AA amends letters. But... <laughs> Guys, I really do like her. I think she's an awesome person. This was so much more like my own journey that I had to go on. So like, I want to be clear that like, she's actually great. She's normal. No, no, no. She's normal. I just fucked with her life. And you guys want to know the last time I saw her, it was just like, as if like, I mean, the universe just gave me this gift. I was on the island of Nantucket, where of course you have to see her on the island of Nantucket because she's Moby Dick and I'm Captain Ahab. (laughs) So we're on the island of Nantucket. I haven't seen her in years. She comes walking down main street towards me and I'm walking towards her my child goes running out towards them the group that was with them and I'm chasing after him and literally we have like the final face to face and um she didn't speak to me but was there terror in her there, eyes? Yeah, she was fucking pissed. Her parents were there. They looked like they oh, were going to like written about her. Yeah, they were definitely going to like harpoon me. But it was the moment that I'd been waiting for like forever, you know, because I hadn't seen her in so long. And I started to speak. And Jason's like, Jenny, say nothing. Just don't walk speak. away. Walk away. And guys, like the evolved Jenny, I really did. I held it together and I walked away. I did write about it for Parents Magazine about a week or two <laughs> after that. But I did walk away for the record. I'm so, yeah, there have been many. I mean, you would love. Honestly, Kane, like if you don't read my first book after this, like. Oh, no, I'm reading. First off, I'm reading it this weekend. It's my Labor Day read. I'm I can talk to Jenny all day, right but now. she has like, better things to do with her life than talk to us all day. But will you come back on to Messy Whenever you want me. Yeah, for sure. I live at the well now. So whenever you yeah, need me. Totally. I'll oh just God, we corner need you, you in the locker the room. Like, I, shove a mic my in your face. with my friends is they call me VB, which is. Is vengeful bitch because I'm someone it. who like plots and schemes and does all this crazy shit like you but like I have a story about befriending an ex's former like lover and mine was such an amateur execution compared to yours like I need to learn from you like, oh my god you I'm fully like... ready to teach you a master class <laughs> I need a master class. Like I am basically. She can be one of our visit. She can be one of our visiting masters at the well. I would love to come teach a class at the well on this. Oh my god! Oh my god! Absolutely. I do want. I do want to say though, even though Jenny said when she first met Jason or when they first got together that it was all about him, you guys actually came to an event when I was the editor in chief of Cosmo, and I met you both. And Jason's lovely, of course, but I was immediately obsessed with Jenny, just because she just emanates. She's like so magnetic and you want to hang out with her and be her BFF I'm not going to become a stalker don't worry I love a stalker but I you stuck out in my mind 
honestly more than Jason. Yeah. I'm so flattered. You know I'm so, going to tell him this So just later. so you know, you had <laughs> one other fan. I am thrilled to know this. I'm going to do a deep dive now on your Instagram. I'm going <laughs> to find it. out everything about you so that I can, I need you to fall in love with you me too. You know where to find me. Yes. Amazing. Jenny, Jenny thank, thank you thank so you much for coming on Messy Situations. You're so much fun. I'm Everybody so read Dictator Lunches, yes. City of Likes. What was the title of the first I one? I like you just the way I am if you really are a crazy bitch. Okay, <laughs> until next time. Bye, Kane. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Kane. Bye, Jenny. Messy Situations is a production of Lola Media and is produced and engineered by Riley McCaskill with assistant producer Mesh Lakani.